love it or hate it, there's not much middle opinion on working with parents. So today I have some thoughts for you on this. Welcome to the Refine Podcast with Amber Anderson, where wedding planners like you come to be encouraged and challenged through radical honesty, tough love, and brilliant ideas. As a former personal trainer turned wedding planner and now educator, Amber is known for helping wedding planners grow through her no BS yet considerate and thoughtful approach. The Refined Podcast tackles the issues you think about but fear bringing up, all with Amber's trademark sass and wit. So as you listen, be sure to hit that subscribe button, making sure you never miss that one little nugget that could change it all for you. All right, friends, when it comes to working with parents, there are strong opinions on both sides. Some people love this. Some people just don't. It's not their thing. In fact, they don't just not like it. They run, run, run from it. Okay. So you're probably in one or the other of these camps. Maybe you're in the middle. I think I might fall somewhere in the middle. I think that's because I live in the South. So I get it from a traditional standpoint, right? But I also live in Austin, which is primarily our couples come in paying for their own weddings. Um, and it's just, it's a different dichotomy. So I kind of have a mix here. Austin is in this island. It's like this, it's like a non-traditional island in the middle of traditional, right? So I kind of, I see both sides pretty clearly. That to say, here are the complications I do see. And here, here are the things, here are the reasons I think if you don't like it, people that don't like it, this is why, okay? Often I would see parents living, trying to live vicariously through their, their kids, Okay. And when, you know, y'all know, I hate the term by Bridezilla. If you've been around for a while, you know that I don't like that term. I think it dips into a mental health rabbit hole. And I just think that it's too bride centric when really there's a lot of people involved that have this Zilla attitude. Okay. So when people come up to me on the, you know, at the barbecue and like, oh, you're a wedding planner, you know, tell me your best Bridezilla story. I'm, I always say it's not the bride, it's the mom. Like the moms are the hardest. Okay. And I think it comes down to this living vicariously through their kids thing. And that could be a whole episode in of itself, but track with me there. I, I, I just think there's so much to that. Also, I want to preface that this episode is probably going to be a little bit more gender focused on females and moms. And I want to also state that that's not, it's not fair for that to be a blanket statement. I get that. Okay. From a traditional more southern standpoint of parents being involved it typically is the mom so we're we're talking about this in what is most common okay so please know that i know that there are other um angles to this so for ease of conversation that's where we're headed with this i also have to see one of the complications simply coming down to differing opinions okay so parents that are involved are typically paying for some part of it or all of it. And so they have an opinion about where that money goes, how that's spent, who fr what friends are invited and, you know, all kinds of stuff, travel. They're, they're, they want to speak into the plans. Another complication comes down to family tension as a whole, right? So like maybe there's family drama in general that has nothing to do with the wedding. And now the wedding highlights that or now maybe maybe everyone was fine until wedding planning brought tension to the surface because of the different opinions, because of the money, because of the emotions, because of all the upside down world that we're in and how that impacts planning weddings right now, right? So like family tension is part of it because a lot of times we as planners get stuck in the middle of that 
and that's not our job. But without making that very, very clear up front, and we'll talk about that in a minute, this can get put on us, right? And it just creates extra work. And speaking of extra work, working with parents can create duplicative work. I don't always think that this is um, anyone's fault per se. I think that there are a lot of ways to prevent it. And again, we'll talk about that here in a second. But I think it comes down to, you know, how we lead them through the process and how we um, help them stay organized. But ultimately, you know, I'll have one conversation with the couple and then one of their parents will email me a question and I've already answered the question, right? So now I've got to answer it twice. If they would just talk, the questions are answered right? So there has to be a system and a process in place for that, or there has to be added fees for it. So if you're going to work with multiple points of contact, your price needs to be higher because you are going to do more work, okay? So remember, when people come to your, part of, part of why people say no to working with peers is because of this extra work. But remember, one of my biggest philosophies is you don't always have to say no. The answer could be, yes, sure, we can do that, and here's the fee for it right? Or, and you can explain that to them. Say, hey, look, we're happy to work with multiple points of contact. We have experience that it creates, you know, X number of hours of additional work. And, and, and here are some examples of that. And it's not a problem at all, but it does, it, it does take time from our plate and we do have to get paid for it. Okay. So, um, and they'll try to say, oh, no, 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 we'll, we'll work behind the scenes together and stay on top of it. And you can say, take it or leave it. Everyone says that this is how it happens. And it's not anyone's fault. It's just, you can't always know what was talked about to ask the questions to get on the same page, okay? Here are some reasons I think maybe you should consider working with parents or be okay with it or try or whatever, okay? They are paying for it. A lot of times they are, not always, but a lot of times they are. And if they are, I think there is big emotion behind it. And that deserves some sort of level of respect, okay? You get to decide if you work with them they get to decide to hire you based on that or not. So if they hire you knowing you don't work with parents, then like, not your problem. I hear you. I get it. I support you. But, you know, don't write them off is my point. Some parents uh, have actually been my absolute favorite points of contact. Boundaries really matter with that. But there have been some moms that I have adored working with. They are easy. They're sometimes easier than my couples. They're available. They're not distracted by other big things like all their friends getting married. They're not like, there's just, there, it, there is a level of ease and productivity and decisiveness that can come along with working with a parent. The exact opposite can also be true, but this all comes down to attracting the right. And then ultimately, another reason to consider this is that some couples just want this. Some couples want and need it. And so you're going to see that in the interview process where, you know, you've got a career person that is busy and says, hey, my mom's here to help. Like, you know, she's retired. She's, she wants to do this. Like, she has the time to do it. I, I have these four opinions and from there, like, whatever. Okay. So like, they really want it. So let's talk about navigating this. First off, clear is kind, right? Clear is kind in all that we do. And I think sometimes we step back from being clear because it feels harsh, but it doesn't have to be. And I think it's all about approach, but clear is kind. And sometimes, and you can preface the harsh things with that. Hey, look, there are softer ways I could, I could deliver this message, but I've discovered in doing so it creates confusion. So clear is kind. And I'm just going to say what needs to be said. Okay. You can do that. You need to have very clear boundaries, like office hours, um, boundaries on tone 
boundaries on expectations and you know there are a million web like master classes and webinars and talks at conferences and all that on boundaries so hit those up in the sales process i think it's really important to meet with both parties if you're going to have multiple if you're going to have multiple points of contact involved you need to know who all of the all of them are and you need to have this boundaries conversation with all of them there are certain questions you need to ask each of them so one thing that I had in my sales process was if, let's say a mom contacted me on behalf of, you know, the couple in my, in my response, I had, you know, I sent my little like packet of stuff. And one of the things that we had in the FAQ was about multiple points of contact and how, even if mom was going to plan the wedding, that was my only point of contact. I still wanted to meet the marriers before signing a contract because I'm not going to show up to some wedding day not knowing these people and get trapped with whatever. And ultimately, I would be involved in a relationship with them prior to the wedding. There's no way around not communicating with them at all at some point for some reason. So I want to know all parties involved, okay? I also communicate in the FAQ that everyone gets one complimentary sales consult. So you can either have all people present at that time or... If not, then you're gonna to have to pay for an extra consult for me to meet the rest of the people, okay? So a lot of times moms will reach out and start that to weed things down before they bring in the couple, right? To help them save time. It's practical, it makes sense, I totally get it. But just because, and I communicate this in the FAQ, just because I click with mom doesn't mean I'm gonna click with the marriers. So I, I just, I, I, educate them on why this is important and I give them those options, okay? So that way they don't get to come back and say, oh, let's meet again and I'm stuck without getting paid for that time. I'm clear about it upfront, clear as kind. I also think that as you're talking to different multiple, different points of contact, you need to ask all of them, but especially parents, ask about current working relationships and how they communicate, what their expectations are, use examples of tone and uh, email dialogue and say, you know, how do you receive this kind of, uh, look at this email and how do you receive that? Do you receive that as snippy or do you receive that as, you know, productive? Okay. Because I think that that can create points of tension between wedding planners and parents. Not always, again, blanket statements here, but a lot of times there's a generational difference in communication that creates friction. Okay. So you're going to be dealing with, when working with parents, you're going to be dealing with a generation that sent very productive emails, okay? They're efficient and they were one-liners. And to us, again, speaking in blanket terms here, to us, it comes across as having tone. So getting on the same page about that is really helpful, okay? You need to have a clear process for how you work with your couples in general, but if you're adding points of contact, clear process. I recommend having everyone use, create a Gmail email account that everyone has access to and that's where it comes, any questions come from, okay? This does reduce some of the duplicative work because then if mom has a question, she can go back, it's like she can see the emails too. So she's getting the answers, everyone's getting, has access to everything. I think that you need to also communicate in advance what your writing it in process is. So, hey, everybody, here's my process. And if we derail, you need to know that this is step one, this is step two, and this is step three of getting back on track. You will get a step one, you know, reminder from me. You will get a step two 
ramification from me and you will get a step three, you're fired from me. Okay, you get to decide what that is, but I think you should communicate that in, in advance so that if you do have to hit step one, two or three, it's not a surprise to anybody. And again, clear is kind. If you need help with that, check out in the refine shop, I have a monthly check-in kit document. It's a, a series of templates that can help you, you know, with checking in, with following up when they're not responsive and kind of derailing a little bit from your process. I kind of tease and call this my naughty client kit. Okay. It's there to prevent some of these issues. And ultimately, if you're getting way, way, way down the path of, it's there to prevent and to rein, rein it in. Okay. But if you really need the big guns, then I suggest the client reset kit. So they're both great for that, but check those out. And then ultimately the refine portal is going to be your best friend. Okay. It's the most user-friendly platform on the market. And it's one that parents can use really well. Okay. We, the, before we put it on the market, we had moms test it. We had moms download it and get it started and start customizing it. Okay. So we made sure that a mom could figure this out on her own before selling it to people that would use it with moms. Does that make sense? A lot of the CRMs out there have a learning curve in general. Everything has a learning curve. The Refine Portal has a learning curve, period, right? That's what tutorials are for and reading and paying attention are for and for customer support. We can help you. But by and large, having used all of them on the market, this is the most user-friendly and that's why we created it. And you can auto-recover any kind of mistakes. So if they overwrite something, um, like they, they, they make, I don't know, they type something over something that was already there or whatever, you can auto-recover it. Okay. So check out their fine portal. Those, those are going to be ways to get everyone communicating in one tool without a lot of back and forth with less back and forth, I should say. Okay. If this is not for you, if working for parents is like, you're hard to know, got it coach. All right. Like no one's pushing you towards that at all. But if it's a hard no, and you're here for the tidbits on how to avoid them in your inbox in the first place, this part is for you. Okay. You need to flat out state that you do not work with parents, that you work with marriers only. This needs to be on your website. This needs to be clear in your social media captions. You need to talk about this. You need to have one sentence at least somewhere, perhaps on an FAQ. I push and push and push for you all to have FAQs. And I constantly see that many of you don't. You need an FAQ page on your website. You have to have an FAQ page on your website to narrow down your ideal client, okay? So when people come to me for coaching and something's awry and something, you know, the first thing I look at is, does this person have an FAQ page? That's where someone slipped through the cracks, okay? And just because you have an FAQ page doesn't mean someone won't slip the cracks. I'm just saying that's a big, big thing. Put this out there, flat out state your preference on this. And then yeah, use your social media captions to just talk about it. Talk about, you know, who you work with, talk about narrative. You need to have a position statement, okay? If you don't have a position statement, I would encourage working on one. And basically that is a one sentence statement showing the world who you work with, why you work with them, what you can do for them. And, um, and it just narrows things down. It makes it super clear who you are and 
what you do, how you serve them. Okay. So the last thing here, I just want to remind you about is you can be super gentle about this and kind of skirt around it. And, you know, I love working with couples because da, 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 or you can just be straight up about it. And I encourage just being straight up. Okay. So that's going to be your best way to avoid it. It's just head on. All right. I really don't have the sugar-coated soft landing answer for that because that's just not who I am. But by and large, I'm here to build you up, hype you up, give you that confidence. Go for it. Just say it. Okay. All right. Thanks for spending time with me today. Be sure to like, review, and share this episode. Um, be sure to snap a screenshot and share it on Instagram stories. Tag me and tell me something you learned today. Uh, or tell me something that, you know, you want to re reinforce something to your community. I don't know. Tag us and tell us what that is. And if you do, I will give a free copy of my monthly check-in list that I was talking about earlier, that naughty client kit, um, to one person that shares it. We'll do a drawing. We'll see who does, and we'll do a drawing, and you need to share it within three days of this airing. So if you share it within three days of this airing, you are eligible for winning a monthly check-in kit. All right, y'all have a good one and I will catch you next week. Bye.